Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 102, My Sparkling Personality. Today's proverb comes from Dale Carnegie. I'll read it twice. Bait the hook to suit the fish. Once more. Bait the hook to suit the fish. Why does anyone need to be told this? Who wouldn't bait the hook to suit the fish? Cheapskates, that's it. The cheapskate wants expensive fish, but he wants to use cheap bait. One of the reasons the expensive fish is expensive, though, is because the only bait it will eat is expensive, too. If you could acquire expensive fish cheaply, they wouldn't be expensive. When you pay for the expensive fish, part of what you're paying for is the bait. But the cheapskate is hoping to get lucky. This is true almost all the time for cheapskates. The cheapskate's plan is normally to get lucky somehow. Or the cheapskate doesn't know why the expensive fish only likes expensive bait. So he uses cheap bait in this strange attempt to reason with the expensive fish. Perhaps you've seen this sort of thing before. What's the expensive bait got that the cheap bait doesn't? Asks the cheapskate. 
And he says this as he puts the cheap bait on the hook as though the expensive fish can hear him and appreciates this line of reason. Oh, you're right. Never mind. I guess I'll eat that. You see the same sort of thing with losers in a flower shop. They find out how much roses cost and they say, what's a rose got that a carnation doesn't? And they pretend the woman that they're bringing the flowers to has just magically become persuaded that carnations are as good as roses. This proverb is not about fish, though. It's not about things you want. It's about people. It's about, put another way, the sort of things that you want, and in order to get them, they have to want you back. You could argue that this proverb is underneath every desire, even the desire for mere things, mere objects, because in order to get things, you have to have money, and in order to get money, you have to have something other people want even if it's just your time. In order to get money, somebody has to want you on some level for something, no matter how basic. So the proverb is about people. It's about learning what people want, about seeing the world the way the person you need sees the world. It's about seeing yourself the way the person you need sees you. If you want somebody for something, as an employee, as a romantic partner, as a friend, you've got to offer them something they want. In a culture, though, which values self-care and self-expression as highly as we do, the idea that you've got to offer people something they want is increasingly hard to understand or to accept. There is something romantic, something idealistic, and just naive about the modern man that makes him say things like, well, you should want me for me, for who I am, regardless of who I am. Regardless of how hard I work, regardless of what I love and care about and do with my time. You should want me for me is what someone says when they don't have a lot to offer. But nonetheless, want someone who does have a lot to offer. You should want me for me assumes that we're both absolutely devastated. We have nowhere to turn, neither you nor I, no resources remaining. And so all we have is each other. I once saw a homeless man and a homeless woman walking beside the road. Their clothes were wretched. The man was about 25. And the woman looked like she was in her mid-50s. He was carrying a half-empty jug of water on his shoulder. And she had some heavy garbage bags full of something. And they were holding hands. 
for her, he was the last man in the world. For him, she was the last woman in the world. It looked like they had nothing else but each other and the objects that they happened to be carrying at that moment. They had found each other, and whatever differences there were between them so far as age and beauty went did not matter. Whatever they had, it was working, because they both had nothing. But that's not most people. If the fish you want is starving to death, it might take whatever bait you offer it. But most of the people you want or most of the people that you need are not starving to death. They have something you want and which other people want too. The sort of people who place a high value on self-care, self-expression, and so forth, generally have a difficult time seeing themselves as others see them. Because it's one thing to love yourself, but another thing to expect other people to love you for loving yourself. Why would they love you when they could just love themselves instead? Or love themselves too, like they see you doing? The sort of people who care deeply about loving themselves do so because they want to be loved in a very particular way, a way that other people don't get or who do get but don't want to. When I hear young people, especially young men, describe the sort of person they want to marry, I usually ask, what are you willing to do to win the heart of this person or this sort of person? What do you have that such a person would want? What do you bring to the equation? And they often respond with something like, well, I bring me. And it's a little hard to tell if they're joking or not. I don't always know how seriously to take that claim. I believe the honest answer to that question, what do you bring to the equation? The honest answer to that question for most people, for most modern people, for most people who are into self-love, self-expression, and so forth, the answer is, well, I bring my unique perspective on the world, my sense of humor, my sparkling personality. The thing is, is other people are bringing their sparkling personalities and other valuable commodities too, not just sparkling personalities. The thing is, if that sparkling personality is actually worth anything, you'll know because it will be attached to some physical proof of its worth. Brilliant people aren't usually broke. Neither are gorgeous people. Neither are talented people. They're not usually without nothing in the world. I don't know a lot of talented people over the age of 30 who don't have some tangible worldly verification of their talent. 
Now, I should say that I have been thinking quite a lot about this lately. Because I spent some time on various classical Christian websites looking at job postings. Not because I'm looking for a job. Very happy where I am. But I was doing some research for some lectures I delivered recently on how to attract better faculty. All the job postings for jobs at classical Christian schools sound exactly the same. And they're all profoundly uninspiring. I would encourage you to go take a look. Go look ACCS, SCL, Circe. There's job postings on major media outlets within the classical Christian world. Go spend a while scrolling through them. They all sound the same, which isn't necessarily a problem, and yet you get the distinct impression that the people writing these job postings don't know that the job postings all sound alike. They don't know that the thing they are producing is indistinguishable from the job postings that everyone else is producing. And thus it seems like they're counting on these job postings being attractive because of the sparkling personality of the school. Not for anything that the school seems to bring to the relationship. There are hundreds of job postings for work at classical Christian schools that sound a little bit like this. They go, qualified candidates will have a strong walk with the Lord and solid commitment to the Christian faith. Qualified candidates will evidence servant leadership, exhibit a passion for their calling, and a strong desire to shape culture for God's glory. A willingness to collaborate with faculty and a heart for discipling young adults is also a must, as is a love of learning. That could be what I just offered you, could be any one of 300 job postings for positions at classical Christian schools. Occasionally, there's bizarre qualifications that work their way into these standard sort of claims about love of learning, collaboration with faculty. And you get, you get some of these postings that say things like, Qualified teachers will have a countenance of Christ-embracing joy, or something like that. And you read them and you think, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> Not only what are you talking about, but how exactly, what's the frame of mind of the person who's reading this? What did you think the frame of mind of the person reading this would be? Who's writing this drivel? Whoever's writing it has absolutely no sense of what it feels like to read it. Imagine it from the perspective of the fish, looking at 40 baited hooks. Who's going to scroll around job postings at classical Christian schools and think twice about qualified candidates will have a strong walk with the Lord? 
Who's going to come to that? Who's going to come to qualified candidates must evidence servant leadership and think, yes, this is it. That's me to a T. Servant leadership. These people know what's going on. Servant leadership. That's me. That's so important. No one's going to say that. It just scans like a standard job posting. None of the content means anything because it's all so generic and expected. And none of it is based in anything objective as well. It's sparkling personality stuff. Qualified candidates must evidence servant leadership. Who is that description going to root out? Who was reading that job posting and was looking at the other qualifications and saying, "Uh uh-huh, 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 oh, servant leadership, shoot, don't have that, Uh, better pass on this one. Who's that going to work on? Qualified candidates must have a strong commitment to the Christian faith. You don't say. Well, I was going to apply at this school in Texas, but I wouldn't say I have a strong walk with the Lord. Let me find another place that'll take an average walk with the Lord. That's more my speak. Who's going to say that? A heart for discipling young adults is a must. Is it? Couldn't tell. People that are capable of discipling young adults don't read that line and think, well, I better apply immediately. What if teachers were advertising themselves in a separate column? You know, like you think about it, like a job posting for the position of teacher is kind of like this inverted personal ad. You ever read personal ads? Have you ever read, read personal ads just as a kind of strange investigation into the lack of self-awareness? Like you read personal ads and... Has everyone making themselves out to be, well, a real catch? These people who are in search of a very particular kind of person. Like a kind of shopping list. A shopping list of personal attributes. After only this sort of cursory explanation of who they are. But what if this was the case with teachers as well? What if it was teachers seeking schools that? What do you think that teachers would want out of schools? Like if there was a personal section, available for hire, adult male teacher, 35. What is that guy gonna say that's gonna make a school think, oh, we gotta get this guy? Available for hire, adult male teacher, 35, has a genuine heart for the Lord. What headmaster sees it and says, oh, we got to get this guy in here. He says he, look at that, he says he loves to disciple young hearts. Perfect. We need him. Bing, the search is over. No one. That sort of bait seems like it's coming from someone who has never fished before. If you put out a job posting that said something like, wanted awesome teachers who are the best at what they do, anyone who's the best at what they do is going to read that and think, what's in it for me? Why do you deserve the best teachers? Let me hear something intriguing. 
A job posting ought to offer something intriguing. If you want to get interesting teachers to work at your school, you need an interesting job posting. We have a job opening for a senior humanities teacher. Must love good wine. That's a hook. That right there is going to gain the interest of people who are not easily pleased. It's going to gain the interest of people who are discontent with platitudes. That's exactly the sort of person that you want as a high school teacher. Bait the hook to suit the fish means that whatever you happen to have laying around is not good enough if what you're trying to do is win people's affection. It means you have to study them. You have to know them deeply so that you can offer something that they want. And in offering them something that they want, they're going to perceive real genuine care because they know that you looked into their personality and studied them and put some effort into it. Oh, you brought me my favorite thing. How did you know it was my favorite thing? You were paying attention. You didn't bring me cash for my birthday. You brought me something that I actually wanted. You know me. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.